on this episode of Beyond the Bugle. Take me home. I promise I will not make noise. Or please don't make me stay. I've been here one whole day. Mitch and Stephanie invited some Tawanda parents to their winter home in New Jersey to discuss some of the nerves and anxiety that comes with being a new camper and a new camp parent. I can still remember waving to my parents from the camp bus window on my very first day of camp in 2010, but then being greeted on Niles Pond Road by a counselor who I'm still in touch with 10 years later. So Mitch, I'll send it over to you. Take it away. Thank you, Andrew Rowan, and I hope you're enjoying your second semester at Northwestern. There's no doubt I remember when you were a first-year camper and homesickness has always been normal. So our Homesick and Happy podcast, we are breaking up into two episodes to make it a little bit easier to listen to. First, I should take a moment to give a shout-out to Dr. Michael Thompson, the author of Homesick and Happy, who has given us permission to utilize his book as a launching point for this discussion. Uh, Stephanie and I invited a bunch of uh, moms to our home in New Jersey on a nice cold early winter day with the fireplace going. We had a mom who was an alumni, a former counselor, mother of some young campers and some veteran campers and brand new campers. And, uh, you know, listen, it comes down to who's worried, who's calm. Is it you or is it the camper? It's all very normal. And here we go. I've always told my kids it would be weird if they weren't homesick because that would make me think that I wasn't doing a great job. So, (laughs) right. So, of course, you're going to miss home. Home is where your parents are. It's where you're comfortable. It's where your bed and your room and everything that you need in life. But, you know, it takes a few days or a week or so, and then you adjust to camp. But I would think that all kids feel homesick at times in either for a few days or at certain times of the day, but there definitely are ways that, wonderful ways that Tawanda and Stephanie especially have um, given the kids to cope with it. So what I want to say is that um, you have to trust that if your kid was really homesick and it wasn't manageable that we would be calling you to help figure it out. And, We're not shy. And really, every summer, it's just like a few children, and then it just takes that one phone call from the parent to say, you're not coming home, you're going to be fine. We're going to be fine, and you're going to be fine, so everything's okay. And once the child hears that, then it's like a light switch, and they're okay. There are definitely exceptions, and then we have to work with the parents differently, but everyone has to understand that we would be calling you. And the same thing, if there wasn't any issues with the children, we would be calling. So if we're not calling you, everything is great. You have to believe that we would be calling you. I have just like a tip, a tool that has worked well with my kids. So every year I put together like a little book, like a little one of their of pictures from home. And I would send it with them. And I guarantee It probably wasn't looked at. I mean, I really put a lot of effort into those books, but I'm sure that they didn't really look to them. And then one summer, I think it was actually before my son's bar mitzvah, so I was a little distracted. I just sent a stack of pictures and some putty. And I said, just put these up on your wall. You'll be fine. And my daughter came home and she said, you know what? I didn't like the pictures 
that I could put up on the wall with the putty. Can you please do a book next year? And I said, why? She said, they made me homesick. And so I think it's it's nice to have as like a crutch, but it's things like that to think about is like, you know, how much of a reminder of home or I wanted to get a pillow made with a picture of the dog. And I held back. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not sure that that's going to help with homesickness. And I think it's just knowing that homesickness is, is, as Valerie said, very normal. I tell a lot of parents who are nervous about sending their kids, like, if they didn't like you, that would be a bigger problem. Homesickness is normal. And by making it a a healthy conversation in your house and not saying it's like, it's not cool to be homesick or you're not mature enough if you're going to be homesick. Like, homesickness is normal. And I think it's um, thinking about some things like the pictures and hanging them on the wall that maybe that will make them homesick. For some kids, it works to have like, yeah. you, do, do you have a blanket? Did I make up the blanket? And it did, but right. So I don't want the blanket. Right. So I think, yeah. But it's like, you think you're doing this great thing by creating these things for them. And, and she was like, no, don't send me the pictures anymore. So I think it's like thinking about what are those remi- healthy reminders of home and when those are appropriate. And like maybe if you're homesick, like um, putting together a really fun mix, like a music mix for them to listen to that might be more upbeat or helping them come up with some little reminders of like, I'm thinking of you, you're thinking, we're both looking at the same moon at night. Also, for first-time parents, I also made sure my kids were okay. Like, I would, I sent them on. I know it's not the same, but I sent them, like, to sleep out. You know, I had to make sure they were okay, whether it was grandma's house, then a friend's house, you know, and to progressively make sure that they would be, you know, successful and to have open conversations about missing us and how normal it is, like Valerie said. Yeah, I, a lot of this stuff, of course, is needs to be individualized. Like, some kids or good with pictures or books or their favorite blankie or something like that. And by the way, if you do send a favorite stuffed animal or something like that, I would say it should you should have a backup at home. Don't send the real one or send the summer version of it. I also wanted to say that not every activity period, not every day, not every week, not every summer is the greatest. There's These are the life lessons of tripping and falling and growing up. And, uh, you know, of course, when your kids are all 13, it'll definitely go down as probably their most challenging summer. Uh, but when they are 15 and 16, it'll be their best summers ever. So there are a lot of things on parents' minds when you're getting ready for camp. What are some other, and try to rewind your clock because some of you are well-seasoned camp parents already. What were some of the other things that the kids or you were worried about heading into the first summer, making their bed, tying shoes, going to the bathroom. Please, you go. You're, you're, oh, yeah. you're, 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 this is me. Right. This is me right now. This is what I'm living every day for the next 199 days. Um, I am, I, I'm worried about everything. 199 days, you're right. Right. Um, I'm worried if she's going to be able to write a letter home, if I'm going to be under, be able to understand what she writes in that letter, if she's going to be packed with everything she needs, if she needs help with something, who she's going to go to. I have so, I have, I am so worried and she is so calm, but I guess I'll get through it. I'll ask questions to my friends who have kids there and I know, I know she's in a safe place on so it. I think she'll be good. Great. Anybody else want to add on that? Yeah. Great. So I sent my son my older child, going into his cadet summer. I didn't think that he was ready as a jet. It turns out I probably wasn't ready as a jet, but he probably was. I I didn't have major concerns for him. Fast forward, we get to the bus and he's the one crying. And I was like, 
I, I didn't expect it. I didn't even, and he cried, I think, every year for the first three years at the bus. Not a lot, but so I send this kid off and, he, and he's crying at the bus and I'm like, you know, the pit is in my stomach. I didn't expect it. And I see him on visiting day and I say, so how long did you cry for? And he goes, I don't know, probably like um, when we got out of the parking lot. <laughs> and, and it just made me realize that they're fine. Like they're good. We, we worry about this stuff and kids are so resilient, like so unbelievably resilient and they make friends and they figure stuff out. I mean, I got a letter from my daughter that she had no stamps. And so she had to borrow a stamp. How did you get that letter if she didn't? Well, that was the whole thing. Okay. So she told me she was so excited because she borrowed a stamp from her friend. That was the whole letter. If she just had a stamp for a letter to tell me what she wanted to tell me, That's I would have sent stamps. But, but they, they, figure, they figure it out. They really, they have a network. They have staff that looks out for them. And they're forced to grow up because we can't, we can't do it for them. I think that's really a positive. So um, I had a lot of concerns about my daughter when she first went as a Deb. She um, was a little shy and a little quiet and reserved. And I was worried. I was worried about everything that you could possibly think. She was a picky eater. She's quiet. It takes her time to warm up. Will she meet people? Will she be friendly? Will she be, you name it, I was worried about it. Um, I tried really hard not to give that to her um, because if I showed that I was worried, you know, I didn't want to make her worried. Um, she went off. She was happy. We did face some concerns over the summer. I was in contact. She had some fears. But ultimately, she was very successful. Um, and she came home and wanted to face a lot of her fears and um, you know, wanted to go back and was really happy. And then the next summer, my son went at 7, um, going, he was actually double jet. I was a little concerned too about the same thing about the letters. Is he going to write a letter? Is he going? Is he going to be okay? And he was great. Um, he loved his bunk. He, you know, did write letters. He probably wrote more letters than my daughter. Um, and now I'm getting ready to maybe send my other son up the ropes. And he's six, almost seven, and he just can't wait to join his siblings. Great. <laughs> we'll see. Tawanda success stories. <laughs> great. Uh, there's no doubt that camp builds confidence and allows kids to get out of their comfort zones in a really healthy and supportive way. Uh, and it, all of us, even for Stephanie and myself, we've, when our kids were campers, we wondered how they would make it. You want, you want to share that? Yeah, so um, Brandon started at six and a half, and I had a nanny already prepared to take care of him in the summer and did not know he was starting camp. He came to me the night before camp and said, Mom, I have to go to bed early tonight. And I said, you do? Why? He goes, because I'm going to camp tomorrow. I said, oh, you are? So he went off, and he was great. We never saw him, heard from him. He was a regular camper, and I was shocked because he, you know, I thought was shy, and I, you know, I didn't go through anything with him, you know, how to be prepared because he wasn't going. And it wasn't until the last week of camp that he came by our table and said, I now miss you more than I don't. <laughs> and then he went back to his table. And I still didn't see him the rest of the week. And he did great. So the next summer, I was going to prepare him. And you know, I said, don't forget to wear your boots when it's raining. And you've got to flush your teeth. And so he goes, Mom, you see that hill? You are the reason I'm going up it. <laughs> <laughs> the hill of boys camp. <laughs> So a great success story, and um, it's all about the life lessons that you learn in this safe environment and the team support that you get to 
get over your fears of climbing the wall or a, a, the team sport of you know being on a team and participating in soccer. And even if you hate soccer, participating because your friends like soccer, that you might like softball, but they have to play softball and be all in so that you get to do the sports that you like. And it's learning how to compromise and share and share a space and to deal with life's insanities with you know maybe your stuff spilling over onto someone else and that person not liking it and dealing with it and the counselors who we train extensively to help with all that kind of support with that kind of thing and what greater place to live and go through this stuff and also the best things also is like where can you like lose be a loser with like 200 other people during olympics and deal with being a loser and getting through that, you know, so it's not always about winning. It's, you know, it's all of it, the whole package, which is great. Okay, I'd like to just follow up on advice for a new parent who thinks their child might not be ready. One of the things I've been trying to practice as um, with my children, just in general, that I really learned in the book, Homesick and Happy, um, and is good advice for new parents that maybe don't think that their child is ready yet, is sometimes we put, and somebody else said this, we put our own shtick and our own concerns on our children. Project your issues. We, we project our own issues. So like, for example, my daughter really didn't brush her own hair for the first two years of camp. And, and she looked That's like, only 99 days. Right, but, but no, this was at home too. Like she walked around looking a little homeless. And like, like and happy, and happy. Oh, that's the, the, the sequel. Yeah. Yes. And and I look at her at home, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm the worst mother ever. And I'd say to her, who is going to brush your hair for you at camp? And then I would look in the pictures, and she's got the most gorgeous hair at camp. I mean, she said that one of the things we should put on our staff application is, can you do a French braid? Because the counselors at camp get these girls' hair looking so fabulous. So that was like my own concern. I couldn't even handle it myself at home. And, you know, sometimes like there's certain things that because we are their parents, we can't get through to them. And there, is, there was a great New York Times article a few years ago about like the power of the camp counselor and what these like 20-year-old, I'm going to call them kids, can get our kids to do that we can't get our kids to do. And so you really have to look at like what is the yet, like why don't you think that they are ready? Is it because, you know, um, they don't have the coordination to brush their hair or is it because they don't want to brush their hair or you can brush their hair for them or it's a battle when you're trying to brush their hair and the knots and the drama and whatever. You have to kind of like weigh the scale of why don't you think they are ready? Is it more you than them? I think sometimes we as parents project our own stuff on our children or we enable a lot. I mean, so much of it is them playing off of us. And so I think you really have to like weed through your concerns and say like, where do I fit into some of these concerns and being careful that you don't project it onto your children. Okay, folks, we're going to take a break here. I think this has been a fantastic discussion. And when you're ready, listen to part two of our Homesick and Happy podcast.